Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, hello everybody. Hello, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Text the Show Wednesday, gang. We got to we're going to just the show's kind of going to go along the lines of uh, whatever you guys want to talk about, whatever you want to bring up, whatever you want questions about. It's text the show. What's up, baby girl? I just turn the sound down. Kelly wants to turn the sound down, everybody, so we can't hear you. But I'm going to keep it up so I can hear you. So, gang, it's text the show Wednesday. If you have a good text, you can. 949-374-0786. We have plenty of videos on how to fly the kite on our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. Everything you need to know about flying the kite is available on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. And uh, we don't make it too, uh, we don't bring up a lot of extra words and all that stuff. We just kind of tell you exactly how it is. Don't forget, gang, Kelly Girl's taking orders. If you want to get one of our shirts, right, you see right there over my right shoulder. If you want to get one of our shirts, we're going to give away free stuff at the show to anybody shows up wearing one of our shirts. You can simply text the show. Let me know your size. We'll get you a shirt at the show. And just because you purchased the shirt now doesn't mean you won't get free stuff. We'll still give you a the free stuff that we're going to have at the show. You can pre-order your shirts now. If you order them online like we were doing before, you won't have time to get it. It will not be delivered in time for the show. The What show? The PCS show the at the Orange County Fairgrounds, the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th of March. I will be speaking there every single day. On Thursday and Friday, we speak at... Uh, one o'clock and on Saturday and Sunday, we speak at 11 o'clock in the morning and we will be in our booth every single day. Also, we have a nice big booth right there at the show. Kelly girl and I will be there with a bunch of uh, guests, a bunch of friends of the, of uh, your saltwater guide will be hanging out in the booth, taking reservations for their charter boats, signing autographs, kissing babies, doing all that cool stuff that they do. You will not believe all the different people that will be hanging out in our booth. We'll have all kinds of cool stuff, giveaways. We'll have stuff for sale. We'll have shirts and hats for sale at the show. Plus, we'll have a plethora of free stuff. Plus, we're going to be launching our app. We have an app going live. It's going to be the best fishing app ever designed for fishermen. You're going to have access to the app at the show. We'll talk about it if you if you're already a member of your saltwater guide, this app is going to change how you conduct your business on your saltwater guide. Just the community itself is the greatest code group, and you guys will all be locked in together on the app. You'll be out there fishing, Kel, and they can talk to each other on the app. It's, it's, it's just amazing. 
It's just amazing. Right now, Andy, the water is extremely cold down here. It's probably in the in the upper 60s, very, very few spots where it's in the 70s. He's asking me about fishing in San Jose del Cabo right now. It's February down here in Cabo. It's cold. It's cold, cold, cold. It's cold. It's been blowing. When it's not blowing, there's uh, some Sierras to catch. There's still a little bit of roosters. We should start seeing some yellowtail here in the next week or so. You, you're probably going to get here just in time to go yellowtail fishing and get on a good pongo over there in San Jose del Cabo, and you got a good chance of catching some yellowtail. But, gang, we want you to text the show today, send in your questions, and then Kelly Girl's going to give you give away a brand-new T-shirt at the show to one lucky texter. If you send in a good text and Kelly decides you're the one, you're going to win a free shirt, and we'll give that to you at the show. We'll make a big announcement. We'll embarrass you. We'll make sure everyone knows you sent in a bitchin' text, and that's why you're getting your free shirt at the show. Those are the shirts right behind me that we'll be selling at the show, gang. And also, we're going to have brand new hats. I got Fishworks to design me a beautiful hat with the logo on it. They're spectacular. We're going to take possession of those when we get up there in Orange County. And uh, we'll have brand new bitching hats for you at the show. It's going to be spectacular. And there's going to be so many people at the show. Make sure that you get there early. I'm telling you, there'll be plenty of parking, but you're going to be walking a very long ways. I don't know if you've seen the social media blast. Every company that's going to be there is putting this out across to all their social media. So you just know there's going to be a phenomenal amount of people at the show. The second, third, fourth, and fifth of March. But big news, and I don't know if you've been living in a box or you haven't been paying attention because we're putting this out and we're advertising the heck of it. Friday, we have the great Paul Hebert from Wicked Tuna doing an interview with me live. We're going to be doing it live. Paul Hebert and myself, Paul, Wicked Pissa from, from the show. He's going to be with us live, and it's going to be pretty spectacular, gang. If you haven't heard Paul speak before or you don't know his story, you're going to want to see this show. It is going to be spectacular. The sad thing is, is those of you over on Instagram and TikTok, we can't we can't put it up there live. They have some filter thing that won't allow us to do that with Paul live, but we will be live on YouTube and Facebook. So if you haven't joined us, and also Paul will be streaming this all across his social media on Facebook. So it's going to be spectacular. And you're going to get to know who the real Paul is. Just so you understand that show, Wicked Tuna, it's a TV show. It's scripted. And the drama is scripted. So he is not who you think he is. Yeah, he plays that person on the show. But when you get to hear his full, real story, you're going to change how you feel about Paul Hebert. I promise you. The first time I heard his story, and I know you guys have seen me on a bunch of my podcasts. I'm a big softy, but it made me cry. It made me cry to think of the things that he's gone through and where he's at today and who he is and the, and the fun that surrounds the man. You would be, most people would have crumbled under the things that he's gone through. So please make sure you don't miss that show. Also, it'll be available on our website, Your Saltwater Guide. Long after we do it live, we put it up right after the live event and you can go on our website, your saltwater guide 
Facebook.com and watch the, the interview with Paul. But it's going to be nothing but spectacular. And I'm so happy that he's decided to give us an hour of his time. And then the season premiere is on Sunday night. So this is perfect timing for Paul to be on our show and then the, go right into the new season of Wicked Tuna. It's going to be pretty cool. He won't be giving us any uh, secrets of who wins this year or anything like that, but he's got a lot to talk about, and it's going to be a really fun show. And once again, I just want to tell you, 949-374-0786 is the number to text. You text the show. Kelly's sitting right here next to me, but uh, she's going to read your your questions online and I will do my very best to answer them. And if I don't know the answer, I'll make up something really cool. That sounds like I know what the hell I'm talking about, but here we go. I think we got a couple of questions, right? Kelly girl. We do. Okay. Read the name of the person. Unfortunately, I don't know the name. You got to give us your name gang. We don't, your name doesn't come up on these texts. So and you guys, it's really easy. Text the show. And uh, those of you, one mother thing, those of you, that are afraid, don't put your name up, but Kelly will still read your question. Hey, Matt, how are you, buddy? Okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. He says, okay, uh, let's see. When flying the kite and the guy on the rod says tack right, how far should the captain move to the right? Okay, here's the deal. When you're flying the kite, and this goes, we cover all this on our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. The tack, when you're flying that rubber flying fish through the sky and you're skipping that thing on the water. The tack is probably one of the most, very most important parts of the whole presentation when you're trolling the yummy flyer or you're trolling the California flyer. The tack is what it's all about. And we'll just, we'll just talk about it. Prevailing wind in Southern California is normally out of the Northwest. So what the way I've always done it is my tack is either zero on the compass that's when I'm headed towards the beach I'm headed zero that's going to put that yummy flyer out way far off the right side of the boat the starboard side of the boat it's going to get it outside of my furthest wake when you're trolling that yummy flyer you do not want that thing inside of the wake because bluefin are super boat shy because they've been hunted so long by the net fisher, by the Persane fleet. So they have a real tendency to not. Now, I know the Mad Mac just showed us that none of that's true. So I don't really, <laughs> it kind of defines all, defies all odds. But we know how the rubber flyer works. We know how the yummy flyer works. Get it outside your furthest wake. You're always going to want that wind to hit the side of the boat so that it pushes that kite out as far as you can off the starboard side. And it's going to be a lot to do with the guy on the rod telling you, hey, can you kick it a little bit more, kick it a little bit more to the port to get that thing further off the starboard side. But 99.9% .9 of the time, prevailing wind is out of the northwest. So your first tack is going to be zero. Then you're going to, when you get done running that, the line that you found those fish on, you're going to turn straight into the wind. And then your next tack is going to be 180 degrees. And that's going to put that flying fish back out on the port side. It's on the starboard side when you're doing zero. And it's on the port side when you're doing 180 degrees. And it's all about the wind. And if the wind shifts, 
or if the wind slows down, then it's going to matter. But that's why when we do it, we usually have one guy in the gyros staring at the rubber flying fish and the other guy on the rod with that the rubber flying fish is hooked to. The kite rod, you normally don't move that in any way, shape, or form. You're letting out a little bit of line or you're winding in a little bit of line on your flying fish rod, the rod that the flying fish is hooked to. But what you do not want to do is you do not want that flying fish flying through the air, contrary to popular belief. The guy that wrote that article has never caught a fish on one that told you you need to skip it and fly it in the air. That's not how it works. It needs to be skipping along the surface, dancing back and forth, wing to wing. as it's. And the only way you can really make sure it's doing that the whole time is by looking in the gyros and the guy... That staring in the gyro is going to let the guy know on the on the rubber flying fish rod, let out a little bit of line, wind in a little bit of line. If it's digging underwater, if the nose of that flyer is underwater, it's no bueno. And if the flying fish is out of the water, flying in the air, that might be the time it goes by that fish. That's no bueno. So those are the two things that I would, I would uh, say are the most important things, the tack and the way that that rubber flying fish is presented in the water. Remember, gang, remember, text the show. You got a chance to win a free shirt. Andy, text the show, 949-374-0786. Okay, go. Okay, this is from Matt. And Matt wants to know, why is it illegal to run a charter boat that is fully legal, like with insurance, fish and wildlife permit, et cetera, from, say, Huntington Harbor, San Diego Harbor, Newport Harbor, et cetera? Thanks. Okay, here's how it works. And this is super important for all of you to listen. And there's a lot of operations that run not legal. And here's how you're going to know. The liability insurance is mind boggling. If you pick up your passengers on a public dock or on a launch ramp, the city does not want to pick up that liability insurance. So it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. And I don't know if any of you have been living in California for very long, but there is a team of human beings in California that make their living off of suing people. So let's just, let's just pretend like Matt's running a charter boat operation without a landing because Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, my family's landing or Fisherman's Landing, Frank Lepresti's Landing or Oceanside, Hellgren Sport Fishing, whatever... I, our 22nd Street, Paul and Mark, whatever landing you're running your charters out of, the landing operator that you have to pay your percentage to is assuming the liability insurance, okay? Here's where it gets, and you can argue with me all you want. I don't care. I only can tell you the truth. Here's where it gets really strange. And if let's just say you're Joe Blow from Idaho and you have a beautiful Freeman and you have a beautiful home and a couple of children and you're pulled up to the launch ramp at Huntington Harbor or, or one of the public docks at Huntington Harbor or picking up in front of someone's house, your charter group, and someone trips and breaks their ankle or trips and knocks their front tooth out or trips as they're getting on your boat. The city of Huntington Harbor or the city of what would that be? The city, it's not Huntington, I think it's Long Beach or something like that. Whatever that city is, they're not going to cover that liability insurance. 
Here's what's going to happen. Don't believe me. I don't care. Here's what's going to happen. Insurance companies didn't get rich by paying off claims. So here's what will happen. You didn't run out of a, you ran out of a private doc. Your insurance company is going to tell you, you have no insurance because they don't want to pay the claim because you chose to not run out of a landing that's carrying the liability insurance. So now you're working off of a dock where there's no liability insurance. You do not have insurance. Now, if you don't care about your family or your bo boat or your house or your cars or the rest of your life, then do it. Do illegal charters, run out of Run out of lawn tramps, run out of wherever you want. I don't care. It's not going to change what Kelly and I eat tonight, but I'm just telling you the honest to God truth. And you can tell me I'm foolish poop. I don't care. <laughs> you asked a question, I'm telling you the answer. So just understand that when you decide to run off of a public dock or a launch ramp or wherever, you have zero insurance. You don't. If there is an accident, and there will be, you may got lucky the last 400 trips. You may have. But when that happens, you don't have any insurance anymore. That's why That's why you don't want to do that. The city's not going to cover the liability. I promise you that. And your insurance company is not going to pay the claim because you ran off of a public dock. That's how it works. That's why it's important to make sure that you run out of a landing, that you run out of Someone who's assuming responsibility for liability. That's it. Bottom line. Argue with me all you want. I don't care. I'll just tell you the truth. All right, go okay, ahead. Another is, question. This is from Dan and Kim. And they would like to know if uh, they can anchor overnight at Ironbound Cove on Catalina. Yeah, Ironbound Cove is a phenomenal anchorage. We... Thank you very much, Dan. That's bringing me into our Zoom meeting last night. Those of you that aren't familiar with your saltwater guide, we have a Zoom meeting for our VIP members once a month where we talk about cool stuff that's coming up. And we talked about Catalina last night a lot. And I, Ironbound Cove is a beautiful cove at Catalina. Now, if the wind's coming out of the southeast or the southwest, it's not a very good cove to anchor up. But if it's coming out of the northwest or there's no wind, it is an absolutely spectacular cove. It's very large. You can look it up on most uh, websites. You can also look it up at yoursaltwaterguide.com. We have a video about Ironbound Cove. Ironbound Cove is a beautiful place to spend the night at Catalina. You got a good chance of catching sea bass in there and yellowtail, and lots of calico bass, and lots of sheephead. It's an absolute gorgeous place at Catalina. Thank you, Dan and Kim, very, very much. Or Kim and Dan, sorry. Yeah. Very, very much. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. We've got to talk to the boss. And thanks for the videos, Kim. Those are awesome, and I want to use them. I just need a little higher resolution. I have an Android, and you filmed them on a iPhone. So if you could send them WhatsApp, they'll work phenomenal, and we'll post them. All right, this is from Eli, and he is uh, asking, any conditions you are looking for when using a chum bucket on an artificial reef? Any depth limit? Oh, that's a great question, Eli. So the chum bucket thing on the artificial reefs, if you watch any of our videos on yoursaltwaterguide.com, all we talk about all the time is what's going to take, what is going to make the fish eat, and it's going to be current. So you need some current. If you anchor up on one of the artificial reefs 
and there isn't any current, then there's probably a pretty good chance that they're not going to get much to bite. But if you got a little bit of current, that's when the chum bucket's going to come into play and make it really fun. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to move my chum bucket as far up towards the bow of the boat as I possibly can to make sure that when that chum is sinking down into the water column, most of it's getting down to the area of the fish by the time it gets to the back of the boat. Here's the biggest problem I see most people do. They tie the chum bucket to the back of the boat and then the current is flowing that chum out behind the boat. And by the time it gets down to where the fish are, the fish are way back behind your boat and you're not really having a chance to catch them. Put the chum bucket as far forward as you can, tie it off to the bow cleat, tie it off to one of the side cleats up the side of the boat, depending on the size of your boat. But all that will help you. All that will help you very, very much when that chum happens to happen. And what depth, it doesn't matter because Here's what I, how I explain it to most of our members. How long does it take you to walk 60 feet? It takes a fish very, very short time to swim 60 feet. All he has to do is flick his tail once and he's moved 60 feet. That chum starting to sprinkle down on most artificial reefs, except for isers, are all set up in 35 to 45 feet of water. Isers is a little bit different. It's out 90 feet of water. But most of the artificial reefs, those fish are going to react to that chum as it starts to come raining down. Think about the rain that's going to come down this afternoon. That's what that chum looks like to those fish when they're hanging out on that reef. All the fish, just like your animals, your dogs and your cats and your monkey, they all want to eat. Same with the fish on the reef. They all want to eat. So when that food starts to rain down, all they got to do is flick their tail once They've moved 60 feet up the water column, grabbed that food, gone right back down to the reef. So that's why there's no depth restriction on a chum bucket. All right. Thanks. This is from Kirsten Rowe. She All wants right. to know, when do you think the best time of summer the yellowtail might be biting? Well, here's the thing, Kristen, is Kirsten, sorry, <laughs> is we're having the, the most phenomenal weather we've had in a very i look back to 83 for weather like what we're having today and tomorrow and the next day we're going to be in a cold water pattern here in southern california for the next few years and what we learned back in the day when i started fishing for a living back in the 70s and all through the 80s is cold water years bode very very well for the yellowtail they like that 65 to 67 degree water so I think as the season starts, and plus the amount of squid that we have here, we've had phenomenal years of fishing kelp patties, just phenomenal years of fishing kelp patties with live squid, 65 to 67 degree water. And I think that's what we're in store for this year. It's, it might not start to happen until June or July, but historically when I grew up we never really even started catching fish in Southern California until the 4th of July. Bill Pull down in San Diego used to say light the fireworks and light the tires and let's go fishing. Right after the fireworks went off it was time to go fishing. We've been blessed here in Southern California for the last 20 years. We've been blessed with early season fishing and so I just don't want everybody to get all disappointed if we don't just go full speed rolling into this thing in April, May, like we have in the past. 
because who knows what's going to happen with this bluefin. We haven't seen this weather since this bluefin arrived in Southern California. Is it still here? Gosh, I hope so. For everybody's, for everybody's benefit, I hope the bluefin's still here. But it's going to be really strange when we come out of this big weather pattern. Because I was talking to Todd Manser yesterday, and he was telling me there were spots where he was fishing out of Dana Point where the water was 55 degrees. Well, we got 30, we got 30 to 35 knots of wind sustained since midnight last night in Southern California, and it's going to blow all the way through Sunday. It's going to blow. It's going to switch around and blow out of the southeast and southwest tomorrow, but it's still going to blow, and it's coming straight off the ocean out there where that cold, cold water is 150, 200 miles off the beach where the water is very, very cold. This is rolling that water over. So I think we're going to be into some cold, cold water, but that's going to bode well for the yellowtail. I think we're going to start to see some yellowtail inner waters in June. And as the water starts to warm up to 65, 67, I think you'll see more of that. Yeah, I can tell you, I'm excited about what Catalina is going to look like and what Clemente is going to look like. And with the influx of this cold water and the phenomenal amount of squid, I think we're in store for some really cool yellowtail fishing. So I would start looking for that around June. All right. We got another. We Hopefully I answered your question. If you've ever seen me at the shows, I I've, sometimes I forget. I don't know. The 70s were gnarly on my poor brain. Okay, this is from John. And he wants to know uh, what kind of fish uh, should he uh should he target when taking someone out who's only who's not new to fishing, who's only fished from the pier or rocks? He's, they're now going on his boat. So what kind of fish should, should they target? Okay, John. So here's what I try to tell everybody. And hey, Chase. Chase just said hi, Kelly. Oh, hey, Chase. Hey, Chaser. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Marley may be jumping around behind us. Kelly fed him a bunch of sugar right before the show. But um what I always try to tell everybody is go fish those artificial reefs. They're just plugged with fish. Go anchor up. Let them enjoy the boat. Let them enjoy their time on water. The last thing you want to do with new people or young people is take them offshore and go drive around or go to Catalina because here's the problem. If you set up to go to Catalina and then they end up getting seasick, you've just now you got to drive all the way back to get them off. The best thing to do is start out slow and go hit the artificial reefs. And we have a plethora of artificial reefs in Southern California that were built only. The only reason they're even out there is for us. They built them for us. They used our fishing licenses money to build these artificial reefs. They're strictly just for us. Take advantage of them. If you haven't been to my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, over there on my website, I teach you exactly the proper way to fish the artificial reef so you can catch fish. Now, if you're Chase, you only want to catch big giant fish. I understand that. But most people, most people love fishing and they just want to get a bite. And that's what I would suggest for the new people, the pier fishermen that you're getting out on your boat. Go to an artificial reef, drop the anchor, throw the chum bucket over Fish light line, small hooks, sliding sinker, or John Tully, he'll tell you, get some anchovies. Dave, Captain Dave will drive all the way up from Cabo if I hear there's anchovies at the bait barge. It makes all the difference in the world because you know what likes to eat anchovies? 
everything. everything. Even me. That's why I always have to get my Caesar salad separate from Kelly's because she doesn't want anchovies in her Caesar salad. All right, here we go. Okay, that's it for now. No more questions. Nobody wants a free t-shirt. Wow. Well, somebody's going to get a free t-shirt. Even though you didn't ask a question, Kelly's going to give you a shirt. Oh, okay. The people that asked the questions. Gang, we're going to open this up for a few more minutes. It's 127. So if you have a question, feel free to ask it. But listen, don't miss the PCS show at the Orange County Fairgrounds. Even Chase is going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Everybody. Yeah. Michael, I'll talk about thresher shark fishing. Absolutely. Cold water year, thresher shark fishing. It's going to be phenomenal this year because when you have this cold water coming into Southern California, you're going to have a giant influx of bait fish. You're going to have a lot of sardines and a lot of anchovies. And that's what brings the thresher sharks. They like to follow the food. So when that shows up, they like to follow the food. And that's going to be what's going to happen. And it's going to be middle of the spring when that thresher shark shows up here. And gang, one thing I can promise you is you cannot hurt the population of the thresher sharks with the rod and reel. If you catch a thresher shark, there is, I'm sorry, I'm going to really hurt a lot of people's feelings right now. If you catch a thresher shark, there's no reason to let it go. It's a phenomenal food. It tastes great. It's, I know you have a lot of friends out there that have said, hey, if you have any extra fish, if you could give me some, and then you go out and you catch yourself your beautiful thresher shark, and then you throw it back because you didn't want to harm the environment. Well, that's ridiculous. You're not, you're not that good of a fisherman, Kelly. You're just not that good, Stephen Bora. You're not that good. Maybe Chase could have an adverse effect on the population <laughs> of the fish in the ocean, but most of us don't. You just have to look at it. Yeah, Chase looks at them. They just jump on the boat. They're scared for their life. No, they want to be on the boat. <laughs> they want to be on the boat with Chase. Why? Because he's good looking? Oh, wow. Wow, he's, he's not even as old as your son. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. But, gang, this thresher shark fishing is going to be prolific this year. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be different than you've seen in a long time. The best thing about thresher shark fishing is you're catching fish that weigh 100 somewhere between 100 and 400 pounds, and you're watching the cars drive down the road while you're catching these giant sharks that are phenomenal table fare. And you're only allowed two on the boat for the whole day, so it's not going to matter. And uh, another thing that always blew my mind, and I can't even understand this, and I talk about it a lot on my when I do my uh, seminars, is I am so confused by all of you people when you say, oh my gosh, you killed a little tiny one. And then the next guy says, oh my gosh, you killed a great big one that's a breeder. I'm so confused. You know what I do? I just kill every one of them as long as it's, un it's in, you're allowed to. Oh, there's Marley. Hi, Marley. There he is, Marley. The little marmoset monkey, checking him out. Oh, I scared him. He jumped back. But here's the deal, gang. If it's legal, you're not going to hurt the environment. The, the population is fine. You're not going to hurt it. It's okay to take a fish home and eat it. You're not a criminal. And you're not going to... If it's a 100-pounder or if it's a 12-pounder, it's not going to change the world. 
So don't worry. A 12-pound thresher shark tastes just as good as a 200-pound thresher shark. I'm not sure which one you should take and which one you shouldn't take because, like I always say, when they tell me, oh, you took a little baby one? Why did And I'm like, what, you want me to kill the great big giant one that has 200 babies inside? I don't get it. So for that reason, I'm just going to take whatever's legal to take. That's just how I do it. And also, we bring that big white bag on the boat. And you know what that white bag's called? A kill bag. A kill bag. And, there's, <laughs> and then over on aisle seven, they're selling knives. <laughs> they're not selling knives to people that throw fish back. And over on aisle four, they're selling gaffs. And they're not selling gaffs to people that throw fish back. So just relax. Take a deep breath. If you need to, if you need to post something about the size of the fish I catch, take a break. Okay, any more? Yes. One more question. Okay, we have another question from Kirsten. And she wants to know where in our local waters uh, are there lingcods? That's a good question. The lingcod fishing in our local waters in Southern California is real hit and miss because of the fact that we don't have a lot of shallow structure that hasn't been fished very, very hard by the sport boat industry for a very long time. So the lingcod population isn't doing that good. Where would we be able to get them really, really good? The Farnsworth Bank, it's full speed if you want a lingcod. Drop a mackerel down there on the Farnsworth Bank, on the highest part of the Farnsworth Bank. If you drop the live mackerel down there, you'll catch a lingcod. You're not allowed to keep it, but you can catch them all day long. And they're awesome, and they pull really hard. Marty, get over here. They pull really hard. They're fun to catch. The 14-mile bank, you can't fish there. But if you could, oh, you could catch a lot of lingcod there. But they're not opening that up. And then as far as local places to catch them, there's a couple of areas but it's not that good. And I wouldn't suggest targeting them there. But if you are going to try to target, get rid of the strips of squid, get rid of the squid squirts, get rid of all that stuff, fish straight mackerel on the bottom. That's all you want to use is a mackerel. The nine, the lower nine off of San Diego, really good lingcod fishing. They're using live mackerel. When you use live mackerel, you get away from all the smaller fish you get away from all the little reds and little groupers and all that stuff, and you're just going to catch. If you're going to get a bite on a mackerel, it's going to be a big lingcod or it's going to be a big red or a cow or something like that. But you're going to get away from all that smaller fish. The live mackerel is going to change everything when you're rockfish fishing. Okay. No more? No, we have one more. One more question. Marley, one get more, over here. Come on, Marley, get over here. This is from Matt, and he wants to know what's your favorite batteries for your bake cake tomorrow Favorite batteries? Holy <laughs> mackerel. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Woo, hey, there he is. Oh, he's going to come on. He's right here, standing right next to the camera, Marley Man. The thing is, is those batteries today that requires zero maintenance that are totally sealed is what I would use on my boat nowadays. I wouldn't use any of those batteries that you can take the top off and check the water or anything because of the fact that sometimes your batteries will get really, really wet on the boat. I then they use the gel, their gel battery. And that's what I would use. And Todd Manser says, call Don at Battery Mart. Thanks, Todd, for listening. And gang, you can always call Todd for maintenance questions. Todd, flash your phone number up here real quick. We'll read Todd's number off to you. Todd is the master of maintenance. 
Captain Dave's the master at killing stuff and Todd's the master at fixing it. Don at Battery Mart is in Costa Mesa and Todd Manser Boardroom Sport Fishing is 949-547-7748. He'll cover all your maintenance questions, everything. Are you trying to get these? You want these sunglasses? You got to be on the show, Marley. He's right here, everybody. He's right here. He's right here. There he is. There's the little Marley man on, on the screen. There you are, buddy. Look at everybody can see you. All right, gang. That's that's our show today. Kelly's going to tell us the winner right now. Marley, come here. Our winner is Kirsten Rowe. Kirsten. Thank you for your Kirsten awesome Rowe. Questions. Come see us at the show. Kelly will have a shirt for you. Text her right now. Tell her your size so we can keep the shirt for you. And then we will see you at the show. Yay. I know you guys are coming. I know that you never miss it. So I know you'll we'll see you at the show. Thank you all for being a part of the show today. Thank we you. We really appreciate it. Don't forget Friday. Set your watch. Set your timer. Do something you do not want to miss. You do not want to miss Paul Hebert. Paul Hebert's going to be on the show. On the show. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be funny. It's going to be great. So just be careful that you don't miss it. Or if you do miss it, then you can watch it on the uh, Rewind on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. Gang, don't forget, you want to get signed up for yoursaltwaterguide.com now because we're going to launch that app at the show and I guarantee you the price of tea in China is going up. If any of you have ever built an app, you know how expensive it is? Well, we built a beautiful app that's going to be unbelievable. It's going to change fishing in Southern California for the private boaters. And if you're not a member now, don't worry. Kelly doesn't want you to, she wants you to wait. Because she's got some things she picked out at, at the mall at South Coast Plaza that she wants to get. But sign up now. Don't be strange. Go over there. Check out the website. I will call you the minute you sign up or you'll call me the minute you sign up. We'll walk you through it. I promise you the price of tea in China is going up right after the show. All right, gang. Thank Bye, you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll do this one more time. Texas show. That'll be the show right before Paul on Friday. You don't want to miss Paul Hebert. Thank you, everybody. Adios.